This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and supporting listeners like you. Go to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate, or visit Patreon.com backslash TwoHeadedNerd to become a supporter today. Ha-cha! Yes? Oh, ha, ha. Remember me, old chum? You jolly devil. That's still way too much. Welcome, 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 kiddies, to another edition of THN Cover to Cover with Joe and Matt. We do it every Saturday from 11.30 to 12.30 Central Standard Time, live on the Faces Book Live here in the Ziggurat. It's just like Sports Talk Radio, but it's for nerds. You control the content. We don't have a show without you. You can call in live at 402-819-4893. You can send... Nope. Try it again. What did I say? 894. 402-819-4894. I don't know what that other phone number was. And you can also hit the call now button on the Faces Book and call us. We are talking about all kinds of cool crap today. Yeah. Uh, Some of which... I'm looking for. We're gonna talk. I want to talk about Marvel 1000. I want to talk about eh. some Batman and the Outsiders controversy. That's not a controversy. Tony Isabella seems to think it is. Yeah, he, he's not <laughs> into it. Uh, Oni and Lion Forge teamed up, made one company. Some people are happy. Other people are out of a job. Yeah. Mm. But we also need to talk about the question of the week. Joe Patrick. <laughs> Patrick says Matt's beard is too short, but it might just be my video. I think it's your video. You're also buzzing. Something's going on over there. Yeah. <laughs> This week's question is from JD Got a Catch. What book, series, or story arc were you digging on that just vanished? Either by cancellation, creators dropping off, or it just didn't come out anymore. What is your comic loose end? What about death? God, that was terrible. Whoa. What are you doing over there? I don't know. I'm not sure what just happened. <laughs> Shaking shit up, I guess. God. I was trying to watch a live broadcast and it showed me the end of the old one. That's weird. Yeah. And I know why I was so loud. It's because the levels are high. The phone lines are open. 402-819-4894. Call us. Somebody called us like eight minutes before. Yeah, like before 15 minutes ago. <laughs> like we were recording the other show. And was like, what are you doing? <laughs> Come on. Uh... <laughs> Hello to my lovely bride who's tuned in, who will probably watch for about 60 seconds or so before tuning back out. So, yes, while not a controversy, I think it is worth saying 402-8194. Ah! Tony Isabella, the creator of Black Lightning. Uh-huh. He don't appreciate. He doesn't like uh, young Black Lightning playing uh, what he called Bruce Wayne's house Negro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, whoa, Tony. Whatever. Thank you for calling DHN cover to cover caller. Who dis? Tweedly deedly deed, gentlemen. David Robbins calling. First in, David Robbins. Man, your audio sounds great, too. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, well, you're a good looking guy. What can you do, right? <laughs> I, I got a face, face yeah. for calling internet shows. <laughs> that's, that's true. What do you want to rap about, Dave? Um, well, I saw your, your brief little thing about the uh, Angel Boom Studios uh, Boom Comics thing, and uh, I hadn't heard about that yet. So I just want to say, first of all, that's cool because it's going from it's cool as hell. the Buffy colon. Buffy colon Angel to Angel at Dark Horse to IDW after the fall to Dark Horse, Angel and Faith. Having all those come out uh, like available sequentially is really cool for people who want to read that old stuff, which is actually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you talking about? Boom is collecting comics that are out of print and disappeared. 
oh. basically. And they're starting with the Angel yeah. stuff that was sort of like coming out at the same time that Buffy was, but wasn't part of the Dark Horse stuff. Sure. Remember when it was separate? No, 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 no. Are they, well, are they starting with IDW or are they going back to the old Dark Horse I, miniseries and end line first? I think they're starting with IDW because I don't know okay. that they can print that Dark Horse stuff. Maybe they can okay. because they have the rights to Buffy now. But from as I understood it, it was the IDW stuff. But I don't know for okay, certain. Okay, well, either way. So like Angel way, having the, sex and yeah. having the IDW yeah. after the fall stuff coming out the same time as the Buffy season eight, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was excellent. It was totally yeah. excellent. And so, yeah, I think it's a great idea. And they're talking about doing this not just with Angel, but going and looking into several other series that sort of up and vanished or just aren't in print anymore, but were genuinely yeah. great. And I love it. It fits in really great with our question of the week, too, which is kick ass. Well, okay, so that was just a minor thing I saw as I was looking at the listing today. I wanted to call in with the convention report because there's some drama going on that I think you guys oh. will find kind of awesome. We love drama. Hit us. Okay. Let's so, talk drama. Um, Walker Stalker Fan Fest. How familiar are you guys? Mm, oh, that's uh, that's the uh, zombie thing, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Not at so, all familiar. <laughs> okay. So Walker Stalker Con started as a convention from two guys who had a Walking Dead podcast. They were based out of Atlanta. They put together a con and they, they started doing it in like Atlanta, Chicago, and London. Right. That was about it for the, the three places they did it. And they expanded over the course of a few years. Stephen Amell got brought in a couple of times as a guest. He said, hey, this is pretty cool. I got friends that are on all the CW shows. Let's, uh, let me have a help form part of another part of it. Call it Heroes and Villains Fan Fest. I'll come in as a partner on that, and we'll, we'll continue on, and we'll do all this stuff. Sure. Uh, everything was going great for a few years. Over the past couple of years, things have changed. Um, as it stands right now, Stephen Amell and one of the two guys who formed the, the, the event originally from the podcast have sold all of their shares to the third guy oh. and said, we're out. Yikes. Whoa. Why? why? Uh, what happened? I love this. Okay. So um, I don't know 100% of what has happened, but there have been conventions that, uh, like my girlfriend is watching much more of this drama unfold and she's given me kind of the cliff notes of it. Okay. They had an event scheduled in Phoenix and they had to cancel it. Um, they said, we're going to reschedule. We're going to book everything. Everything will be fine. You can move your tickets to the next date, whatever. Uh, they announced a date. There was nothing on the convention center site. The convention center said, we don't have anything booked for these guys here. Oh. And, 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 and put something on their site. We don't have anything booked. And in fact, they're not allowed to be here anymore because they still owe us money from the cancellation. Oh, they're criminals. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, this one guy is. Oh. Okay. So, so there's this going on. Um, they had a bunch of stuff going on in London. Um, there, there's a show going on in, let, let's go back to what I know for a fact. Um, Colton Haynes, who played Arsenal on Arrow, right. was supposed to be at um, uh, FanFest Chicago last month. They put out a tweet the morning of saying, due to our mistake, Colton Haynes will not be here this week. What is your mistake? <laughs> like, exactly. You, you so said it, he's it coming and like, didn't get him? <laughs> it sounds like apparently they forgot to book his plane or something. I don't know what, what? happened. But they, they didn't book him, and so he wasn't there. And they didn't immediately refund everybody. So they Colton were Haynes, out messages saying, poor Colton Haynes with, goes like, to the airport, like, and he's standing at the Southwest calendar. They're like, I'm sorry, Mr. Haynes. We don't have a ticket for you. And he's like, oh. Kind of. It's what it sounds like. <laughs> So there's this going on. They have a show booked in London. 
I think next weekend, or at least they had a show booked in London next weekend. Um, they booked it against another con in London the same weekend. Jesus. Um, Stephen Amell counter booked himself at the other show once he divorced what? himself from Walker Stalker. Oh my. He said, I, I don't want anything to do with these guys. I am booking myself at the other show. This past week, they announced, okay, due to issues, we're going to have to postpone our show in London in order to give you guys the quality show that we, 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 we want to put on. <clears throat> Bullshit. Um, <laughs> they have postponed it from May to February. Oof. Hmm. And they said, you can reach out to us by the end of May for a refund. So when you postpone from May to February, you're saying, we'll try again next year, basically. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> so, and like watching the threads of just kind of like them making an announcement and then all of the hundreds of people going, where's my refund? This is Comic where's my Fire refund Fest. from this? This is Fire where's Fest my for refund comics. From this That's all it thing? is. People are going to show up to the London show and there's going to be like tents for them to sleep in and like <laughs> bread and jelly sandwiches. You know, it's Firefest. That's well, all it I mean, is. The, 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 it, well, it's, it's kind of Firefest, except for the fact that Firefest canceled an event, but they had the, they didn't have any. They had everything to do with like the grounds and the entertainment and all right, that. Right. Walker Stalker is the venue. They don't book the hotels. They don't book the, the airplanes for everybody. That's all these people out transportation costs from non-refundable airline tickets, yeah. hotel rooms that they can't cancel or, or get their money back from. All of this stuff so it's that, dead. That, that patrons are just out money. It's dead. Walker Stalker is dead. That's the end I, of this. I, it's getting real And I thought Wizard was going to collapse before Walker Stalker did. Yeah, no, I no, really yeah. did. Well, to be fair, Wizard did collapse. No, and, they're still and then hanging it, on. They're still but clinging But it crawled out of the grave. They missed yeah. like three years, and then they came back. It was a well, whole thing. Well, no, they've been, they, they, they they've shut been going down a bunch of cities, every year. but yeah. Yeah, they shut down a ton of shows. But yeah, they, I mean, they they they're still doing. a bunch of shows. They still have they, Wizard They now announce guests hand to mouth. Like, Chicago for Wizard is in in August and they don't have any guests announced yet. Jeez. Well, so it's, yeah, it's, it's like they'll announce, you know, uh, just coming up right ahead. Now we were on the ground at Walker stalker. We were there and listening to people, you know, and seeing all this stuff unfold. And a good friend of mine who goes to all these shows with us said, you are insane. If you go to a con for one guest. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, because there's such a rate of these people canceling due to late booking commitments. Right. Personal right, right. Issues. Absolutely. John, John Barrowman, John Barrowman had a, a show in Houston this, this weekend. He announced on Thursday, I think he said he had to cancel. He had a medical thing that he was trying to make sure it was all straightened out before uh, the show because he was trying to make it. And then he's like, it's not. I have to, you know, I have to take care of this. So we're going to have to cancel. Yeah. I mean, that's a guy who shows up everywhere and right. he legit had to cancel. Well, they also you like know, pay these people after the show. So they're not out anything if they don't go. They just go, whatever. Right. I, I got to cancel. Yeah. And that's that. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I mean, because they get an appearance fee for appearing. Yeah, man, that's well, crazy. So I, I, had to book, I was trying to book uh, a celeb for a, a con uh, years ago. And uh, just to, to see here the, the, the requirements of it, it's, there's a guarantee um, that is required that if they don't make that much in autograph sales, you're guaranteed to make up for oh, that yeah. amount. Oh, that yeah. Amount. That was what Plus, killed. You're, um, you're, responsible, you're responsible for accommodations. Oh yeah, um, for them usually and a handler, and transportation for usually them and a handler and a sex so slave. Like, 
<laughs> but like it's usually all of that stuff tied into it. So if you have somebody that has a ten grand guarantee, uh-huh. you're talking you're talking like thirteen, fourteen thousand dollars before they're even in the door. Oh, easily. That's wow. what crushed the first. There was a big Omaha comic show where they had like. Sorry about that. AlphaCon. They had the largest gathering of Star Wars actors ever. And it was yeah. like they lost their asses just getting those people oh, yeah. in town. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Too much. Buried them. Too yeah. much. Like, spent too much on guests and not I enough heard, on promotions. Yeah. I heard rumors that there yeah. was like a hundred and fifty thousand plus dollar bill Oof. for that. And it's just like, woo. And you know, when seventy five well, people showed up. <laughs> yeah. And you got to charge forty five bucks a head to get in. I mean, ugh. Yeah, I mean, we're a far cry from like the late 80s, early 90s when yeah. you'd have two actors from 90210 showing up at a local car show to get people in the door. Right. And that was what you did to advertise hey, we have these people coming here. Yeah. Uh, plus the Batmobile. Yeah, like, I don't in, care in about the, the cars, but King Kong Bundy's going to be there. Yeah, Adam, so West, Adam West and Burt Ward <laughs> came to Omaha on auto show when oh, I was yeah. a kid. All so the time. That shit. I met yeah. Adam West there. I met King Kong Bundy. Too. Absolutely. It was kick ass. It's just, it's, it, we're, it's such an industry in and of itself. Wow. And, you know, we talk to a bunch of these, these promoters and these handlers because we do the charity event every year here in Milwaukee. Right, right. And a lot of them are really, really kind to us and will donate autographs. Jesus. And, you know, it's okay. You know, the, like, and a lot, some of the, the business side of it are like, mm, we really don't want to do this. And then sure. the, the uh, celebs are like, no, here. Here, here, you want another one? You want four? Here you go. Yeah, that's management but, you know, it, trying it, it, to make money. That's their job. They're the pit bulls. You know? Yes. I get absolutely. that. Absolutely. All right, David, we got to move along. We got other people trying to call in. I appreciate it. What a tangled the, web. I love the dirt, though. That's yeah. great, man. <laughs> if I hear more, I will uh, I will post or I will uh, share it with you in a later call. Awesome. I love it. Thank you, David. We're like TMZ for nerds. This is great. <laughs> call in. Tell us your dirt. I want to hear the dirt. Which one of us is Perez Elton? Uh, me, obviously. Yeah. 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 Does he work there? I thought Perez. Oh no, no, he has his own site. He's like a yeah, he's like a celebrity trashy blog. He's a, he's his own thing. I for some reason I thought he was like a the trashy guy that celebrity blog created blog. TMZ, but, but no. he revels in it. He's like, yeah, we yeah. do trash here. Yeah, that's our thing. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. As I was saying before, we got into that. Tony Isabella not happy about Black Lightning. You know who else is not happy about Black Lightning? Me, and it's not because. This first Black Lightning and the Outsiders was bad. I liked the issue. Well, we'll give I, our review next week. I thought week. it was good. I thought it was pretty damn good. And I thought the art was exceptional. But I don't give a shit about de-aged Black Lightning. You have a TV show that is doing very well. Yeah. That is very well written. Tons of fun to watch. With an older hero. Yeah. Family that, Yeah. Family guy. You with know. the daughters and everything. Why can't we get that in comic form? Well done. Why can't he be his own dude? Thank you for calling Teach and cover to cover. Caller, who dis? Well, talk to you later, I guess. Yeah, T-T-Y-L. <laughs> I like T-T-Y-A. Tell it to your ass. <laughs> Thank you for calling THN cover to cover. Caller, do you want to stick around this time? Yeah, I don't know how phones work. Okay. <laughs> it's JD. <laughs> You're also calling from the past. That's very difficult. That's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah you know. Yeah. Yeah. What was that? Frequency? Was that the movie where... Frequency, yeah. Frequency. Where he had the ham radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He talked to his he dad. talking to his dad in the yeah. past. Yeah. That was that was hard. Man, I yeah, cried yeah, in Yeah, I'm on my CB here, so... It sounds like it. <laughs> JD, how are you today? And what do you want to rap about? Well, it's my answer, my question of the week, so I figured I should probably answer it. You probably should. And in fact, I am... Can I predict? Can I make link? a prediction? 
before you snail you. Sure. Can I predict that it is okay. wild storm related? No. No. Oh, all right. Okay. No. Mine's mine's wild storm related. Can I predict that it is a Warren Ellis book? Uh, no. <laughs> I don't. It's like I don't even know you anymore. <laughs> God, you just humiliate uh, me in front of everybody. That's great. <laughs> I actually I actually put a link in the chat, and if you click on it, that's my answer. I'm looking. It's a, it's a Greg Rucka oh. project. Yeah, Lady Saber. Lady Saber. Yeah, yeah uh, Greg Rucka, Rick Burchett, uh, they had a really uh, really successful Kickstarter. I love yeah, Rick Burchett. I, I kickstarted that book. I have it. I, I, I do. I got all three books. I got that book. I got the 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 progress the the process book, and I got the almanac. I love Rick Burchett. I do too. And uh, it was wonderful. And then three years ago, it ended at the beginning of a chapter on a cliffhanger, and it just stopped. There's a character wearing and goggles on their head, and that kind of makes <clears throat> that kind of. It, it is. The, it is steampunk. <clears throat> it's steam, of, it's steampunk. It gets my mucus flowing. You know, <laughs> but, uh, I'm allergic to steampunk. I, I, I sent you guys the link because uh, read the comments. There's like fifty some odd comments. Yeah, last and, last post was January twenty fifth, twenty sixteen. Slight delay. Sorry, yeah. slowed down. We're almost there. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but but the comments are great because I mean at a certain the comments point on the someone post. actually does reference waiting for Godot because there's a handful <laughs> of us that still go to that damn site every day hoping for an expecting, update <laughs> expecting an update yeah there's a lot of that going around the Kickstarter world oh yeah somebody somebody posted uh, last January to commemorate the two year anniversary. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean and it's not like these I, I get it these guys are busy. It's yeah, cool I mean, they want the to thing is, though, something. is that, like, having a website costs money. Uh, like, it's yeah. not free. <laughs> it, uh, so they're paying for hosting and all this stuff still yeah, I mean, on a webcomic that does not come out. true, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they, like, got uh, one of those, right. like, four-year deals or something. Or <laughs> Oh, somebody just posted hey. yesterday. Yeah, they're still at it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rucka was, you know, uh, pretty honest at certain points about the book, uh, Basically, in, in in regards to the Kickstarter, he yeah. actually thinks that the Kickstarter is a huge mistake. Oh, uh, because they didn't they didn't have they didn't get a fulfilling group, uh, so they they had to do it all the shipping. Yeah, I remember those updates. Oh, and his dad died in the middle of it. Not an excuse. Yeah, his dad died in the middle of it. Uh, in fact, uh, dad's oh, die uh, part of the game. Not an excuse. And Deconic, uh, and and. Rucka's wife and I think Bendis all got together and they had like a big like book shipping party at his apartment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember I remember him posting the update saying, "Okay, you know what? We're I'm we're, I'm back from funeral stuff and dealing with family blah blah blah. Here is a room full of uh unaddressed packages." Oh god. <laughs> that, yeah. Like like and it was just like thousands of What a books. goddamn nightmare. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, and yeah. yeah, they had to do it all themselves. I think they had to rent space yeah. maybe even to so, deal yeah. with to deal So they with it. printed this stuff and they and they got the the first issue was so hard that they were like Yeah, it was it was a very uh, successful and it wasn't just one, it wasn't just a comic. It wasn't just a single issue or something thin like Metal Shark Bro. It right. was a very thick, sexy hardcover. So why don't you go to Oni yeah. or First Second or somebody and be like, "Hey, this is a success. Can you help us print and handle issue 2?" I don't know. I don't. I really well, don't I, understand. Like I mean, uh, it was three years ago. I yeah. mean, so yeah. I mean, and that and, and in and in crowdfunding time, that was 
I mean, that's a decade. Yeah. yeah. And maybe, and quite honestly, We've maybe they don't care anymore. We've crowdfunding in that short amount of time. I just, you know, I, I don't really know enough about how crowdfunding, how independent publishers work. I don't know how crowds work. And I don't really know why somebody uh, of Greg call, Rucka's caliber needs to crowdfund a book. But Gail Simone had to crowdfund her book, too. I don't know, man. I, uh, Welcome to Megalopolis. There's musicians that do this all the time, and they are big names like people that were huge that yeah. crowdfund their records now so and those are musicians and maybe it's just all about controlling their own comic property. books it's a much smaller choir that you're preaching to you know what i mean and mm -hmm. if you can't find anybody at image or oni to put it out sometimes you're like well fuck it let's try it ourselves but sometimes these crowdfunded books do end up coming out from a publisher like yeah uh, uh yeah. leaving megalopolis got published by dark horse but it was so like dark horse agreed to publish it and distribute well, it, but they didn't pay for its creation? Yeah, Image does that, too. Well, I think what happens is the, the Kickstarter becomes a proof of concept. Like, you mm -hmm. can actually come to a Oh, yeah, here we have an audience. Well, I kickstarted yeah. yes. the first printing of this, yes. yeah, yeah. and it's done really well. And also, you come to a company like Dark Horse or Image more. with right. a creator-owned title like that. They say, okay, you get it to us, get us a finished thing, and we will. you can use our infrastructure to get it out to stores and shit like that. Yeah, but like Metal Shark. You Pro, gotta pay for it the, all. The Metal Shark Bro graphic novel that we were reviewing on this week's episode, uh, it, it was kickstarted and funded, and it's being printed and distributed right. by Scout Comics. Right. So because right. they saw, yeah. like, okay, look, people got excited about it. It's paid for. Now that it's here, yeah, yeah you can use our infrastructure to get it to comic shops Weird. instead of boxing yeah, it up maybe, yourselves maybe, and shit. Maybe Ruckus experience with fulfillment, I think, might have informed people to kind of make those collaborations but yeah i just thought yeah. for the question of the week this was a really good example because if you see that last page i mean it ends on a goddamn cliffhanger yeah <laughs> that's funny i didn't i didn't know like i i knew that it had kind of gone away but i didn't know that it just kind of abruptly vanished well. <laughs> oh yeah i mean it ends with the main character collapsing oh wow that's a pretty good answer i can't we just assume they died i mean <laughs> I, yeah 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 saber's dead i mean that's all there is my other answer was going to be, uh, and I've talked about it before, but uh, Mysteriously Unfathomable. Oh, yeah. I love you know, that book. That was a fantastic book. We got that one trade, but I don't think that's as good of an answer because that is a complete story. I mean, I would have liked volume two, but, yeah. you know, that's one of those. If, if we never get anything else, that one book is really good. And I yeah, and they didn't say, like, watch for more Mysterious the Unfathomable. It just ended. Well, and, th and that one, we talked about this in the past, where that one came out at a really weird time for Wildstorm. The very tail end of Wildstorm, right. yeah, before it just got yeah. totally absorbed by DC. Right, and Wildstorm was printing yeah. all kinds of stuff. They were just like, what are we doing here? It was like almost another weird vertigo light for mm -hmm. a bit there. It was yeah. weird. But uh, the only other thing I wanted to talk about was uh, Free Comic Book Day. Did anyone else, I think I posted this, but anyone else read the uh, H1 Ignition? Yes, I read it after was... you posted about it. I did not. It was great. What is it? Uh, it's fantastic. So humanoids, uh, humanoids is launching a uh, not necessarily superhero, super but like um, a, a, a floppy a single issue comic imprint with superpowered people, uh, kind of like. Are they naked like all the other humanoids books? <laughs> no, there's not a lot of bunch of uh, just like but swinging in the wind, you know. Like <laughs> uh, but the people, the people involved in. Uh, in uh I am nude dude. Yeah, no, no 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 nude dudes. Uh but like Mark Wade is is one of the head dudes, uh John Cassidy, yeah. oh, wow. um uh, oh, geez, Carla Speed McNeil. Those are names. Yeah, and uh it's like a super powered universe where people there's an, an event and people 
just like wake up and suddenly they have weird powers and okay. how they deal with it. It's, it's sort of rising really stars. To uh, Catalyst Prime. Yeah, yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and New Universe is the same deal where it's like something happens. Now people right, right, have right. superpowers. Humanoids, though. There, yeah, that's... See, the, 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 the list of people involved is Mark Wade, John Cassidy, Carlos Speed McNeil, Kwanzaa Osavio, Yannick Paquette. Wow. Yannick Paquette, yeah. uh, Yannick Pat- Bill Brione, Yannick Paquette designed all the characters. Wow. Mike McCone did Mike all the McCone, covers. That's very cool. Uh, Where has Mike McCone been? Ray, you know. Lee Luffridge, Dennis Calero, this is Derek a lot of Robertson. Great names. So the deal is, is that they're they're kicking Jock. off with yeah, Jock. They're kicking off with three ongoings and okay. three graphic novels. Okay. So uh, starting in like June or July, uh, we're gonna get one new series a month, and then the graphic novels towards the end of the year. That's cool. Um. Ignition is, I think, the main one. Okay, uh, it's kind of like the, the super group. Uh, Keep going. And that is with um, uh, who is that? That's Mark Wade, right? That's co-written by Mark Wade and uh, I think so. And Kwanzaa, uh, Osafio, Osafio. I don't know how to pronounce his name. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, he was the guy. Uh, he was the guy that created uh, that co-created Black. Uh, that series, Black. Uh, ignited. Yeah. Yeah, ignited. Is ignited, the, is yes, the thank you. Okay. Um, superpowers after a mass shooting. Mark Wade, uh, Quanzo Sapio, and Phil Brion. Uh, the one I really thought was great. Uh, oh, Magdalene uh, Visaggio is involved. I'm not really a fan, but uh, uh, the one that I th- was super excited for was Omni. Uh, oh, with Devin which, Grayson. Uh, yeah, written by Devin Grayson, and it that was uh, that character like thinks at the speed of light. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's so like she never misses anything. Like she knows that she passed a cop car hiding behind a billboard 15 miles away. And so she knows how to like to radio them when there's an, an emergency. Yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of. Like she doesn't, it's not like cosmic awareness or anything, but right. she sees everything and never forgets anything. Yeah. Like and, Regis Philbin. Yeah. And, and does like calculations at light speed in her head. Sure. Yeah, like Regis Philbin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's more like the, it's more like the, the, the RDJ. Uh, Sherlock Holmes, but good. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. I, hey, I, mean, I, like, I like those RD. movies too. Yeah, but yes, on. easy. But yeah, like so. Yeah, like she, she, some dudes coming at her, and she's like, everything's suddenly in slow mo, and she's like, right hook coming from whatever angle, gotcha. blah blah blah. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, I think that one looks really great. I, I, I think all three of them have potential, and I'm excited. It was really good. Bitching. Yeah. JD, we got to open these phone lines and get you out of here. But that was uh, that was very cool. Thank you, buddy. Well, we always appreciate right. you calling in. Talk to you guys later. Have very a great good. weekend, bud. Very good, sir. Very good. Yeah, I do like the uh, Robert Johnny Jr. Sherlock yeah, there was nothing wrong with them. They were fun. <laughs> they were fun. The bad guys were super cheap creepy. shot, JD. Mark Strong was in them. Yeah. And he was creepy. He had bad he, teeth. He's a good bad guy. Oof, no, he didn't have bad teeth. Mark yeah. Strong, no. Oh, no, it was the guy. The second guy had bad teeth. The Moriarty guy had really That's Mark teeth. Strong. No, Marshall yes. is not Moriarty. Nope, you're wrong. Moriarty's in the second one. Mm-mm. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover. Caller, who this? We're Googling, we're Googling this business. Hey, hey nerds, it's President Aquaman Superfan Patrick. Hey, hey, Patrick. Are you hiding? Sounds like you're trying to be quiet. <sighs> There's raptors. Oh, my God. In my house. Get out of there, dude. Or actually, don't move. Oh, wait, no. no it's a T-Rex. I'm, I'm behind this door. I'll be fine. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to rap about today? Uh, Patrick, so they know I, how to open doors. Oh shit! Well, but just the ones with the handle. I don't think they <laughs> yeah, can. Turn, right, they uh, can't turn. Yeah, as long as you got oh, the yeah. round ones, you're all my open. doors, all my doors are sliding doors, just in case of raptor attack. Oh okay. Oh, you're right. Jared Harris played Moriarty. Yeah, I'm right. Yeah. yeah. 
He's in Chernobyl. Uh, He's in the new show Chernobyl on HBO. Looks will you let this poor kid fuck. talk? Sorry, look, we're, we were having a debate. <laughs> I had to solve it. Sorry, Patrick, Patrick. Please go ahead. Hey, nerds! Resident Aquaman, oh, super hi. fan Patrick, oh, hi, Patrick. Oh, hey, Patrick! Thanks for calling THN Cover to Cover. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you doing? What do you want to rap about? Okay. Huh? Uh, so I, I have uh, something I, I, I wanted to talk about, and actually might tie into the question of the week, um, which I didn't expect. But uh, so maybe maybe a bit of a hot take. Um, uh oh. Yeah. I right. Love, so I love no, hot I know takes. you're sitting there. I love hot takes. Um, hot take. I so and Joe kind of knows this. Um, I have been recently reading um, a lot of '90s comics. Okay. Um, I have gotten into uh, the M2 universe. Oh yeah, uh, little I've juggy. Been reading so little juggy. Uh, been reading uh, through Punisher anything, from '90s Punisher. <laughs> okay, '90s Punisher was still fun. I there was some good '90s Punisher. Well, here's 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 what I'm saying. I think it is not long calling my shot okay. that, you know, the 90s comics get the bad rap about, you know, whatever. I mean, I, I understand. Uh, I think they're, they're going to be coming into a point where they're, they're going to start to be more appreciated yeah. uh, oh, and, and understood as um, a, a product of their time. Um, and that there's, I mean, sometimes you have to dig deep and sometimes it's not greatly apparent, but there's some good stories. There's some good writing. Yeah. yeah. There's, some good art. Um, I don't think they're going to be worth anything because they were so overprinted. No, never. But I think they're they're going to come into their time. Like when you go back and read '60s stuff, right? Like, oh, this is so corny, but like, it's good. It's good corny it, mm-hmm. because it, it encapsulates the time. Yes, it's the same with the '90s stuff. Like, especially because I'm I'm reading through like actual issues and all the ads are in there. I'm like, it, it, it brings me back. Like, it brings me back down to earth when I'm reading it. Like what the hell is this shit? Why were they talking like, why were totally. they like, and then I see the ads like, Oh, it was then that was the time. Everything was over the top. Everything was bright colors and right. weird and extreme. Yeah. And we stuff. just, we just happened to live through it. So it's still very close to us. So it's easy for us to right. go like that was garbage. But then again, I mean, I would say the appreciation for '90s comics is already here. Yeah, because so, you've got creators right. that grew up then creators, that are now making yeah. comics. Creators that creators that were younger than we were then, right, uh, have mm-hmm. come of age, and now they're writing Venom. They're creating Copra, driving cars. Yeah, right. And, having sex. Yeah, um, and like so. Um, well, well, we're talking about comic book creators. Yeah, comic they're not creators, they don't have sex. They're not. They're not. They're not, they're not uh, like so. I'm in. Uh, I'm in a Facebook group. Uh, Started by Copra's Michelle Fiva, and uh, mm-hmm. those guys are constantly all over themselves with how much they love Major X. Oh and yeah, anything Rob Liefeld. That's what like, I, I was going to bring that up. You guys, we read Major uh, X, and we're just like, that's "This is far. garbage." That's too yeah, far. This I know. is pure schlock. But and I mean, but that's guys, kind of what you're talking about. Is that they, these guys are yeah. like falling all over themselves to love it? It's yeah, crazy. Like here, like uh, here's what I I went I went quarter bin diving this weekend and I found a full run of the uh, 1996 Savage Dragon Freak Force miniseries. Right, <laughs> that sort of stuff. <laughs> Look, I loved that stuff back then too. It was a thing. But, I'll give it that. It was a thing. Now you said they're never going to be worth anything. Um, I don't know if you follow Aaron Myers on Twitter or Facebook. He's a great follow, by the way for comic book stuff. That dude is constantly digging out this shit, and he's always like two dollar find. One dollar fine, three dollar fine, and it's like that. And he flips them for. I'm like, that yeah. is probably not even worth a dollar. And I call him out on it every time. Like, no way, dude. 
not this time. Yeah. Like that <laughs> is J two uh, was garbage. Yeah, no so, fucking way. And then he's uh, like, no, it was not. J two was. Fucking and then he's awesome. like, J two was great. It's then he worth sends a dollar me, an issue, understandably, but it is fun. He sends me a screenshot of a finished eBay sale for like fifteen dollars. Right. And I'm like, what the <laughs> hell? So <laughs> who is buying this? Uh, before Le- just before Legend expanded and became Legend Comics and Coffee, they bought a huge collection, like a thousand plus long boxes. Whose was that? I don't know, some okay. guy. And he had just been like hoarding comics. He had like bought out whole stores, so it would be like, here's thirty copies of random Spider-Man issue where right, he right, fights right. the Blob. Right, right. It's yeah. like what? What is this? And so, like, we spent literally years combing through that collection trying to find anything of value. The thing is, is that now things that we thought were not worth crap are now becoming ultra valuable. Yeah. Like, right. Uh, Dave just texted me a photo. They found a stack of 30 copies of Avengers number whatever where Spider-Man joins the Avengers. The and- Bendis one? No, no, no! Oh, from the nineties. Oh, from the nineties. Like they go in like where he first becomes an Avenger. Who is that? They go to space and they fight Kurt Nebula. Busey? No, no, early nineties. Oh, before Busiek. Yeah, before Heroes Were Born. God, who would that have been? Um, I think Paul Ryan was the artist. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it's like this book was worthless. Right now, it's thirty dollars. Good yeah. God. Uh, well, yeah, it happens. Well, I, I've been so I'm I'm looking to get all the you know the M two stuff, and I'm having a hard time with a next. A next, uh, yeah. Yeah, because you know who shows up first in A next? Uh, Hope Pym. Oh, why do you want A next? Hope Pym. Yeah, <laughs> Stinger, right? I think it's Stinger. Is name. She was Stinger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh God. So yeah. So you, yeah, I guess you. Know, so I mean, some of them are going to be worth something because of that weird stuff. But yeah. on the whole, you know, they're they're going to continue to populate dollar bins for the most part. Uh, but there, I mean, yeah, there's, there's some fun stuff it and blows I, I'm, my mind. I'm, uh, it blows my mind. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to think, you know, back, back when, when, when we were all working, it was just the, the, that was like just the running joke is that the nineties, it's just dark times. Cause dark that stuff times. was crap. So it like, was hey. crap. But there were gems. <laughs> there were gems. Like, there were I, gems. I, yeah. I, I, I'm with you, Patrick. I constantly defend nineties comics. Yes. There was a lot of excess. No, I do too. There was a lot of excess and there was a lot of bad stuff and gimmicks and all that stuff that led to the collapse of the industry in but the early 90s. That You can say that but any decade. Right. But any there decade. are a lot of really great stories that came from Absolutely. that decade. And, and I love them. I will say, though, that A2, uh, pardon me, J2 came out at the tail end of the 90s. And so already, I think it was outdated the fact that he would, would be wearing a flannel yeah. uh, shirt around his waist. <laughs> and they were like, hey, uh, that's, buddy, but, what but are the now, kids that's wearing these days? Right. That's so my like, favorite part. Like, I'm, 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 as soon as I read that, I was thinking, like, oh, waist. man, how can I cosplay this? And the combat yeah. boots. And it, it's it's yeah, the yeah, flannel that boots. makes Cut it. Cut off shorts. Right. So it, not only not only all go to the Lilith Fairs. Listening to that Ani DeFranco. Not only was it out of date then, but it took place 15 years in the future. So yeah. it's like right. super duper yeah. out of time. Well, I mean, maybe he's just a dork. You're retro. Like a throwback It's dork. retro. Yeah, came back around. Point, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. uh, uh, no, it was his dad's flannel that he wore all the time. Oh, that's why he put it around his waist. That's God, right. So he so just dumb. loved his dad. <laughs> Could Juggernaut fit in a flannel no. shirt? No, Juggernaut wasn't wearing flannel shirts. No, uh, it's canon. It's canon. Sorry, <laughs> Juggernaut is a monster. Okay, uh, Patrick, thank you. Well, for you wasn't in that suit the entire time. That's true. That's right. Right, right, right. You know, right. How do you? Just, end of the day. Look, 
How do you, Juggy takes off. How's the, a guy supposed to bone She-Hulk if he's wearing that right. armor? Right. End he's of the day, be able to take it off. He takes off the metal S and M gear, puts on his comfy flannel. You know, kicks back, six pack. You know, like watches the ball game. Yeah, he's just a guy. Patrick, thank you for your call. Always good yep. to talk so, to you, buddy. That's also my answer to the question of the week: Is anything M two universe? It should still be around. I love it. Gotcha. It ties in perfectly. I loved it too. It vanished. Yep. Marvel went. Okay, enough of that crap. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. All right, we'll talk to you later, Bye, buddy. buddy. All right, later, dudes. All right, while we wait for a call. So Spider Girl, they they had a huge hit with Spider Girl. Uh, yeah, and they were in the like, future. We're gonna spin a whole imprint out of this. Uh, sure. This one idea. I loved it though. Well, Marvel's never been accused of leaving a good thing alone. That's sure. Yeah. Certain. Right. Yeah. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover. Caller, who this? It's Brian Domingos. Brian Domingos. Hi, Brian. How are you today, sir? And what would you like to rap about? Uh, good, good. Um, so I didn't know if, if anyone can help uh, by disconnecting Tony Isabella's Wi-Fi. That would be pretty helpful, I think. <laughs> uh, for the guy just, you know, he has one thing to talk about, and he's been talking about it for literally 40 years. Yeah, right? it's true. I don't know. I mean, I, he, he it's has time a, for him to move on. He like, does have a point. He does have a point. No, he doesn't have a point. I mean, in the sense that there are no major black characters in the DCU right now, and they're not, and it's not like the fault of the characters. They're not giving a spotlight to those characters. You know, like, yeah, but that wasn't what, like, that, that was not his argument. He, did he not was not say it in the best. He was yeah. not arguing about it's time for a black leading leading character. Right. No, he was like, black lightning is nobody's subordinate. I'm sorry. He's only popular because of a book called Batman and the Outsiders right. to begin with. Yes, I get <laughs> He's that. He's always been the subordinate. Yes. He, he would like to see him in a larger role, and his argument is not the best. <laughs> but I do understand where he's coming from. I, I mean, think of like what he did, Tony Isabella, and then think about a guy like Chris Claremont, who spent 30 years crafting this, this family of these dozens and dozens and dozens of characters. Right. He doesn't pipe up every, every week, because he could. He could say yeah. that's not how this person acts. Right. This is not how what I ever did. He he just shuts up and says it's it's, it's old news. Like let's move on. Like, but when they also gave him his own corner of the Marvel universe where he can write all his bizarre stories with I the mean, way he they, thinks a character should act and like carry one Wolverine claw around and shit. <laughs> he, he does have a no show job, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. They, they pay him to do nothing. They literally pay yeah. him to work if he wants to. Um, so the other thing that I is this this Marvel one thousand thing. Yeah. Um, I think the 1000 thing is so pathetically lame. Sure. And like, it's, it's just like, what are you doing? It's like, hard to it get is, excited about. It is hard to get it, excited it's, about. It's, like, so when they first rolled out the creative teams, it's like, you know, Mark Wade and John Cassidy. I was like, I don't really care, but okay. Like, so I, it looked like it was going to be like at the beginning. I thought if this is someone had a thing, it's going to be the 80 page, whatever. And I said, all right, if it's eight creative teams, or 10 doing eight pages or 10 pages, like, sure. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. But we're getting 80 different teams doing one page stories. Like, yeah, this is an utter waste of time. And that the thing is, is that I don't think they're one page stories. I think the whole thing is one story. Right. And they're going to piece it together with these 120 plus different voices. Right. It's like a DC commandy challenge on crack. Yeah, the commandy challenge. You know? Yes, exactly. I, I, I don't want to see any most of these people doing work that other like there's no way that this is like a cohesive story. Right. It will not be satisfying, I don't think. Well, okay, if you wanna no. if you want to take one writer and eighty different artists 
and like and do something like that, or two writers and forty different artists for each, or something where they did it like that, maybe. But yeah, like, I mean, what is Neil Gaiman really gonna do in on one, his in one, one page? page? Yeah, that like, we're gonna be like, that, yeah. you know, I didn't care so much about the John Francis Leone page, but goddamn, that Neil Gaiman page that sold me on the whole book. I came, <laughs> I came to see what Taboo was going to contribute to the Marvel universe, <laughs> right, but man, you know? I was really blown away and by all did was breakdance for one page. It had nothing to do with anything. Thing. <laughs> the, the the least popular black IP is going to, um, <laughs> yeah. which is like, oh, the, the, yeah, it's like, it's not Will I Am, it's not Fergie, it's that other guy. Like, right. oh. Yeah, maybe I didn't even. Why are we doing? Until this week, his pants on stage like Fergie, he'd be more famous. In the, until this week, I didn't even know his name. I didn't even know that he had like a weird name. Well, and you call yourself Taboo. I just, yeah. man, fuck you. <laughs> you know, like uh, I don't care who you think you are. Get out of here. They should have got the hologram of Will I Am to write an uh, to write a page. <laughs> there you go. It's a. Uh, they have a chromium page of a, a chromium uh, holofoil. Definitely. Uh, holofoil. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so the idea that they have like all these, in, like I mean, on top of the bigger issue of you know six women out of you know 120 creators, you know all that yeah, stuff, like right. w- that's a bad look in general. But just this idea of like we've got Tim Sale and Jeff Loeb for one page. Yeah, it's like, who cares? Oh, okay, like how? Like I don't. I mean, Tim Sale does covers all the time. Like, yeah. all right, I look at him and I go, I think Tim Sale's great. It doesn't. It's. No, I've never said I need that cover. Yeah, because I have a computer. And I can look at the image anytime I want. Sure, like, yeah, nothing, exactly. like, totally. You totally. know, like the, the the variant. So they're basically like almost like variant pages of this entire thing. Like what? And I don't know. Like I I feel like there's like this massive Marvel comics bamboozling where like it's gonna sell a boatload of books. Oh, of course. Yeah. It's gonna end up in quarter bins, and it's like, what are we doing? Like, like I wouldn't have wanted this for detective comics 1000 i would have been like give me a story like i don't want to read that like it's it's you know i don't i don't care if it's like dan jurgens gets a page and, and you know and walt simonson and, and jerry ordway get a page like i, yeah. I don't need i, I want to read a story i don't want to see people doing page it's like well that's what they did in detective uh, 1000 for example and and action right. 1000 it's like several people that have worked on superman and some guests that never have that give a chance, but you get right. three or four but pages. But those of story. were all complete stories. They were yeah. all complete stories. They were short, but and they were it complete. Made sense. And it worked. And I don't mind that at all. And if they want to do something like that, say, hey, this is Marvel Comics 1000, and you do like a bunch of different like pages that preview these miniseries these teams are going to do sure like jeff like, Loeb and tim um, sale are going to do a four-issue story about captain america like when they uh and like the 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 point one when they did yeah. those point one one yeah. shots where it's like here are six stories setting up new books that we're launching right. or go 1001 through 1004 is this miniseries 1005 through 1009 is this miniseries you know and do something like that even if they were one shots give them some but, time yeah like one flesh it out one the, i agree one page it's it's, it's stupid it's hard to get excited it's about stupid. any of it. It just and it tells me that like and that like if there was a yeah if there was a mini series but but yeah even if they did we're gonna do ten one shots yeah and, and they mix Fine. it up and they have you know a bunch of un you know kind of the guy from like the Daily Show or whatever right and then yeah. the guy from the Goldbergs but it's like there's also Neil Gaiman and Mark Buckingham yeah like, you do okay one thousand through one thousand and ten and it's a ten right. issue it's a ten issue series of one shots by all these different teams. Kick ass, and you get eight, 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 you know, page stories or something, but one right. page a piece. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. And it focuses on the eternity like, pants or whatever. The eternity pants, yeah. Uh, so yeah. Al Ewing, Al Ewing is writing 
the largest number of pages at, at like I think eleven. They of called them. him the architect, and so I I think that it is a single story that they're trying to piece together. Yeah. But I just can't imagine, like you said, I just can't imagine that it's going to be cohesive in any way. Well, you know, Neil Gaiman wrote something on a napkin and mailed it to him or something. It was like, <laughs> Shit, right there, you go. Right, yeah. it's, it's going to be lovely artwork with mm-hmm. you know the nice li- uh, layouts that Mark Buckingham does with like caption boxes over right. it. Right. And then again, you know, like, that works for okay. artists. Artists can do that. You can give me one page of an artist and I can go, God damn, that's awesome. One page for a yeah. writer? That, that's, it just doesn't, no, it doesn't work. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. But I'm not, I'm not real pumped about it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it seems like a, just a cat, like a cash grab is, is like insulting oh, it, to cash grab. It's going to be a $10 book like, at just, least. Uh, well, yeah, cool. Oh, yeah. And he started it off. He started off. Uh, C.B. Sobolski started the whole thing off by saying, I've got this great idea for how to sell a million copies yeah, of a comic book. C.B. Sobolski talks like this. Remember? <laughs> I've got this great idea. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, and so. It's uh, me, C.B. Sobolski. It's, it's going to be 10 bucks. You know it's going to be 10 bucks minimum. He says his name all the time. C.B. Sobolski. That's another thing. C.B. Uh, Sobolski here. <laughs> It's going to be 10 bucks minimum. Retailers are going to obviously be very shy ordering something that expensive. Did somebody say CB Sobolski? All right, stop <laughs> it. Stop, I'm sorry. Just stop it. Uh, and it's going to have all these weird variant covers with huge ordering ratios that the yeah. largest retailers are going to have access to, and that's it. You know there's a thousand to one. Yeah. Like, and, and of course so, they're yeah. going to do it. And then they're going to be able to say, we did it. We sold a million. Well, what they really mean is we sold a hundred thousand of the regular cover, right. and we tricked people into buying a bunch of variants. But, hey, it's, I don't, okay, I don't totally agree with that because it's not a trick anymore. Yeah, that's true. It's not a trick anymore. You, you know the game. We all no, we've been doing yeah. this for how long? Yeah. And retailers can't bitch about this because the reason they do it is because retailers continue to play the game. Yeah, it's true. And if you don't like the game, don't play it. Walk off the court. You're not going to win. So, yeah, don't and play. So meanwhile, Marvel will will say, "We sold a million copies of this of this issue." Right. When a retailer will say, "I ordered 400 copies and sold 50." Right. So I have 350 yeah. sitting here. But that's also the nature of the business. You yeah. know, I mean, that's how it is. We don't have we don't have an infrastructure to track actual comic sales. Right. All the infrastructure tracks is, is orders. comics that are shipped. It, that's it. Yeah. So, I mean, like, until retailers all got together and we had a database where every time we shoot the UPC code, it goes, that is one amazing Spider-Man sold, you know, which will probably never happen. No. We will never truly know. That's the sales charts, and Joe yells at me about this when I constantly go to the like ICV2 and their sales charts, and I'm like, well, that was that's only a number fifty on the sales charts. It, a book that only ships five thousand issues could be selling more than a book that ships ten thousand yeah. issues. Right. We don't truly know, but we count sales that way, and we also cancel books for the based same on, reason, based on initial orders. Yeah. Right, and it's it's kind of bullshit. You know, there is no sound scan. And retailers like are music. left holding the bag because yeah. we, they can't return anything. Yes. And so. Marvel 1000 is going to be another huge part of that problem. Yeah. Or a perfect example of it anyway. It's a bad idea. Yeah. It's dumb. <laughs> Brian Amigos. Yay comics. Lovely to Yay talk comics. to you, buddy. <laughs> Brian, did you have an answer for the question of the week? Um, 
No. It's okay. I, if you don't. I did. I, I, oh, you know what? Desolation Jones. I would have liked to see more of that. Yes. Desolation Jones. I yeah, love that. Was a good one. Warren Ellis and J.H. Williams. Yep. Ooh, it was about a, like weird meta spies living in L.A. Yeah. Retired he, spies. Oh, it was so good. He was on all the drugs. Yeah. He like lived on drugs. He had to have chemicals to be alive. Yeah. Oh, it was so cool. Oh, Brian, always good to talk to you, buddy. Yeah, have a good one. All, all right, you too. You too. Uh, we have some voicemails, you know. We do have some voicemails. Um, does it start with Jason Sachs? Or is there one before it that? It starts with Kettnerd on Monday. Okay, let's do that. Let me let me cut these jerks off. You're cut off, jerks! Ha! Deal with it! Deal with it, you're cut off. It's my show. I have the power. Uh, Monday the 10th, is that it? Yeah. Monday was the 10th. Yeah. Okay, then. Let's get into it. I know this is John from Jersey. No, there's one before that. Oh, we'll start with John from Jersey because I just loaded that up. Okay. So. Why am I getting emails? About I mean, we like John from Jersey a lot more than we like Jim Kettner. I mean, don't tell him, but, <laughs> you know. Greetings, nerds. This is John from Jersey calling in with my answer to last week's question of the week. Before I get there, though, I just want to offer this piece of advice. Somebody said this to me the other night at a rehearsal I was at. They said they had to stop watching Avengers uh, and comparing it to the movie they wanted to see and just evaluate it for the movie that it was. And I think that there are some regulars on the show who have weighed in with their opinions who maybe could take that advice as well. Anyway, how do we bring mutants into the MCU? Well, I think we start by looking at the mutants who we already have. Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch, and their powers came from being put in contact with one of the Infinity Stones. It's a shame we haven't had some kind of massive exposure to the power of the Infinity Stones that might trigger <laughs> other inactive mutant genes right? and make that something normal going forward. Oh, wait a minute. When Thanos snapped his fingers at Earth was the epicenter of that, perhaps all of these latent mutants were bathed in the gamma radiation described by Bruce Banner, thus triggering their latent genetic abnormalities. Oh, I would also point out that Magneto was probably a prisoner during World War II when Red Skull had one of the Infinity Gems and maybe used it to experiment on that. some prisoners, had thus triggering that. his powers. Of course, they wouldn't have been able to control him, so he probably would have been placed in some kind of cryogenic freezing until maybe the 70s or the 80s Listen where the geneticist could be brought in to evaluate him and the Tesseract when S.H.I.E.L.D. was in control that maybe a young Professor Charles Xavier would okay. be put in contact oh, with uh, <laughs> the Mind Gem or the Tesseract? I don't know, but perhaps in being put in contact with it, his powers could have been activated as well. Thus, we have an older man he could free Magneto and and they could have adventures in the 80s or the 70s setting up what's happening today. In any event, I think there's a lot of possibilities there, and I think that it wouldn't be too hard to figure it out. So until they do, make mine marvel. Brian, you did it. Uh, you did that it. That was not Brian. That was, that was not John Brian. That was John from Jersey. John from Jersey, you uh, did it. This is basically what we settled on last week, our favorite theory. More or I less. I forget who it was that said, like, the, the, the that potential... Was the potential for mutancy oh, no, that has was, that always was, been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the snap or something right. triggers it. Affects it and triggers yeah. it. But I like the metagene. I love the idea of the Red Skull having the Tesseract, and you've got Magneto as a prisoner in the camps, and they expose him to it to see what it does to him. And it's a good, it's a good thing. Fires up his X gene, and he's got magnetic powers. Like, we can't control them. 
freeze him. Uh, we'll figure him out later. Look, I mean, these are all great. These are all great oh, and fun man. theories that you and know that they're not going to the do. Nazis, they're just going to say that they're from an alternate universe. The Nazis lose World War Two. The the commandos come in, you know, and they find this frozen guy, and they're like, oh, I don't know. What should we do? Is he dead? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> turn the ringer on because it's toots time. Is it Toots time? Mm -hmm. Well, why couldn't it be Toots time a little bit ago? Because we were talking to people. Toots! Go for it, Jared. It better be you. If anyone else calls, you're fired. I'll fire you. I'll fire you on the internet in front of God, your parents, and everyone. I do not care. My parents said they were going to tune in, and they didn't. God, they hate me. Knew it. Screw you, Mom and Dad. <laughs> Screw you! All right. Where's this cat nerd call? Just wait. He's like, I'm waiting. I'm just trying to get there. We go. Thank you for calling DHN cover to cover caller. Who is this? Oh, you know, you know who it is. Oh, <laughs> how could I have guessed? It's Toots time. <laughs> hello, hello, friend. What do you want to rap about, buddy? Um, mainly, I do want to talk about the Savage Avengers, but I do have a uh answer to the question, real quick. Okay, uh, Xenozoic Tale. Yes, I love Xenozoic Tales. Now, he is working on a graphic novel, and he's going to be kickstarting it in order to get the next issue out. But it's been, what, like how many freaking years? 20 years? 20 plus, like, right? It feels like, tw feels like forever. Yeah. I mean, did the last one come out in the 90s? Mm, yes. Probably really yes. early 90s. Yeah, right? Early or mid or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, 25 years. Had to have been. I love Zenitone yeah. Tales. And they've threatened to make yeah. movies. There was supposed to be a TV show. Like, it's been optioned a well, bunch did, of different times, cartoon, and nothing ever happened. But, you know. There was a cartoon, and the cartoon was good. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Cadillacs uh, and Dinosaurs? Okay, yeah. Is that related? Yeah. Yeah. That is Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. Okay, next up, uh, Savage, Savage Avengers. Now, hold on. Hold on on Savage uh, Avengers, Jared, because you expressed interest in having a segment yeah. oh yeah uh so I maybe did. we could save this yeah maybe you, you should do it for next week maybe you should shut your dumb uh, butt I'm, okay yeah sure yeah. all right so we got an all old right. we got a saying in the ziggurat it's shut your butt and keep on trucking <laughs> i was I, I was gonna hit you guys up and see how you wanted to roll that out and when you wanted to start it so okay cool next yeah, week let's, let's plan let's next plan week. for yeah the episode we have we're doing the graphic novel review Technically, it will come up next week, so week after. Yeah. Dig it. All Dig right, it. Man. Totes. Totes toots time. Totes, All right. totes well, toots time. Then, there, there we go. Then goodbye. Then goodbye. <laughs> All right. Good day, sir. Day. Good day. <laughs> Away with you. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, John from Jersey. Uh, so, Kettner. Right before that. Called on Monday. Gotcha. Here he is. Hey, Joe and Matt. What's up? It's Kettner uh, calling in late with an answer for the question of the week. Um, so how to introduce mutants into the MCU? Um, I think it's, it's pretty obvious just based on a movie that they already announced. Um, they announced that they're making an Eternals movie, and I feel like since the Eternals and the Celestials, that, that, you know, most of that plot revolves around manipulating evolution. It could be that the Eternals start showing up because they know that the mutants are about to arise, that basically those manipulations, I, I feel like there's a way that they're going to tie the cosmic, the more cosmic outer space stuff that, 
that MCU seems interested in telling stories about. I like the Eternals involved the in that. I dig that. You know, like mutant kind of story, and and the Eternals can act as kind of like a bridge to just be like, well, this affects that, because um, even with you know the a lot of the other superpowered characters that we've seen in the MCU get their powers indirectly, directly or indirectly from the Infinity Stone. So right. I feel like. Uh, yeah, I just feel like there's there's something there in terms of them having this holistic approach to powers and stories. So like you know, sort of connecting the dots, um, even like if that. the eventual franchises will end up being quite different. So that's I think um, I'm really hoping that they you know start slow and you know just get like a real pared down original X Men team. Um, I'm not really inter- interested in them retreading uh, any of the, the stuff covered in the Fox movies. No, no, um, no, no. So anyway, that's my answer. I think that the Eternals are going to uh, lead, lead indirectly to that. I'm also really, really pulling separate, on a separate note. The first time we see Wolverine, I am not interested in him being in an X-Men movie. I want him fighting the Hulk. I'm <laughs> um, pulling yeah. for Alpha Flight. <laughs> Yes. So, yeah. So I'll talk about that with you guys. One hundred. All right. Have a good one. Bye. Yes. Uh. So Canada's right next door. They see the Avengers. Like we need our own super team. Go sure. get Sasquatch. Yeah. Yeah. Go get Shaman. Go get Puck. Aurora. Go get Aurora. North Star. <laughs> I love Aurora. Vindicator. Oh, North Star. I love Aurora. North Star so much. Uh. So his idea is rooted in a very deep cut from Marvel continuity, and that yes. is. The reason why there are the reason why humanity has the potential for superhuman abilities is because the celestials uh, came to Earth at the dawn of time right. and mucked around with our genetic soup, uh, and then um, the Eternals were kind of like witnesses, right? There was sort of more. Like- no, the Eternals are are the Eternals were the race born from that. Oh, the, that's from right. that immediate. Okay, um, but. Down the line, as the ages progressed, right. like the the reason why Spider Man doesn't get cancer and die from getting bitten by a radioactive spider is because the Celestials fucked with the DNA of humanity. This is the big crazy Jack Kirby cosmic sort of Marvel U that sort of never became. Like they visited it in um, what was the Mark Wade book with uh, John Paul Leon? Uh, Mar- uh, what was it called? Not Marvels. No, it was, it was in the future. Where we found out that the Earth was a celestial egg. Oh, it wasn't Mark Wade. Earth X is what Earth X. Earth yeah. X, which was sort of like the modern telling of that theory that Jack Kirby brought, that crazy cosmic theory. Yeah. Uh, and I I like it. I, I I mean I think it makes total sense. Like Earth has been tinkered with on a on a molecular level f- yeah. since before humanity emerged, and that's why oops mutants. You know, uh, I think it's great. Yeah. And and having the Eternals be that bridge. I think is a fine idea. And you can even have the Eternals just like, yeah, they're like the monolith in 2001. They're sure, here yeah, to like witness. Yeah, they're here to witness our next evolution or whatever and make sure that it works or it goes properly because they're being sent by the Celestials. Yeah. You know, they're... So, like, Earth has a... Earth in the... Uh, Marvel Earth in the comics has a history of being tampered with by mm-hmm. outside forces. You had the Celestials at the beginning... Uh, the, the, the Kree the Kree created the came, Inhumans came to Earth and messed around with people and oops now we have Inhumans right and yeah so yeah the, and that's all born from the, the seed that the Celestials planted I love it and having the Infinity Stones the, the proximity of the Infinity Stones 
be the thing that kind of like slightly makes the humans feel a little tingly and then, oh, God, I have claws now or whatever. Yeah. I, fun. I love it. All right. Another call. Anthony. Hey, Joe and Matt. This is Anthony in Connecticut. First time caller. Hey. I figured it was time to call in even after that really weak Patreon. Thank you. You guys gave me a few weeks ago. <laughs> And I, I thought I was your only listener in New England, but then last week found out that Brian Domingos lives in Massachusetts. So for the question of the week, a uh, book that left me hanging was from the New 52, and it was the Mr. Terrific book. Yeah. It only ran eight issues. Uh, it was written by Eric Wallace, who now writes for the Flash TV series. And this was just a fun book I was enjoying. I came back into comics at this time. I took a chance with this book I didn't know anything about and I was just enjoying it. Then it abruptly ended with Michael Holt disappearing, reappearing in Earth 2 in front of Terry Sloan and that was it. Yeah. Um, about the Oni Lion Forge merger, I hope that Lion Forge continues to put out those, they're putting out European comics. To answer a question from a few weeks ago, there was a book that no one knows about. It's called Infinity 8. Um, Lion Forge is putting that out. It's a translation of a French comic. Yeah. Yes. Um, I read the first issue. Oh, okay. There's a ship uh, with a captain that can open multiple timelines, and each three issue arc is one of the timelines focusing on a different character investigating. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, it's just a really fun book. Um, so Lion Forge is putting out some good stuff. Uh, okay, guys, that's it. Uh, I've been enjoying the show for a long time. Take it easy. Thanks, Anthony. Welcome aboard, Anthony. Anthony was the guy that called us at 1122. Oh. <laughs> you know what? He's on East Coast time. Yeah, he yeah, yeah. He didn't know nothing. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Uh, yeah, Line Forge does put out great books. The welcome Cal aboard, Anthony, first and foremost. Yeah, welcome, welcome aboard. aboard. Uh, Catalyst Prime books are, are going strong. And uh, so the only thing with the Oni Lion Forge merger, it sounds like it was better for Lion Forge than it may have been for Oni. Why? Because some Oni people lost their jobs. Some Lion Forge people lost their jobs, uh, too. But more Oni people, I think, did than Lion Forge. Maybe. I mean, it sucks. But I, mean, when anybody, I don't want anybody to lose their job. But you also, you have two companies come together. Like, there are also two very, very small companies with like right. employee rosters numbering no more than 20. Which is the hard part, because it's like you already have someone doing that job at this company, and now yeah, we're merging. You know, you know that's, You're going to have redundancies. you got to break a few eggs. Uh, right? I mean, it does suck. But, yeah. um, well, and there's also a lot of criticism of... Uh, the. Like Lion Forge and Oni, like their mandate has always been like diverse books from diverse creators. Yeah. And they're gonna up and move to Portland, which is the whitest city on the planet, and they let go the only black person that works for Oni. Oh, Portland is not the whitest city on the planet. Yeah, it is. No, it is not. There's a huge Asian population, there's a huge Sudanese population. Like yeah, okay. Portland is pretty diverse. Uh-huh. It's no, not yeah. Seattle. Okay. No, like I've seen lots of people criticize Portland and, and its treatment of specifically black people. That's every city in America. Come on. Matt, that's not the argument. You can't say, well, sure, so-and-so beats his no. wife, but so did that guy. No, that's no, not what I'm saying. it's bad. It's what still I'm, bad. What I am saying is I don't have a problem with them moving to Portland if that's where somebody already had their office. Come on. It's, it's, there's a lot of controversial opinions about the, uh, about the move. Hopefully it will ultimately be beneficial for both publishers. Yeah. But, um. I think it's interesting, though, because yeah. I can't think of another time when two small publishers like this just went, you know what? Let's team up and fight. I feel like it must have happened, but I can't remember. It had to have happened before. My head. Jason would know. Yeah. We should hit them up. I'm curious. 
I can't think of it happening. All right, we got one more call here. No, we got two more calls because you're constantly skipping over things. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. I'm looking at the voicemails. We've got a we've got a, an MP3 from Jason Sachs. And oh, we got an MP3. Google voicemail. I've got this it's is the last all Google flagged voice. in the inbox. Yeah, I'm looking at Google Voice. Hey, Joe and Matt, it's the nitpicker. Uh, uh Okay. Uh, I'll try and make it pretty brief. If Infinity War is a hundred out of a hundred, which I'd about rated that, I would give uh, Endgame maybe an eighty-five. Uh, some issues I have, uh, Fat Thor. I know people love it, but I think it's just it negates all of his character building from the last several movies. Ow. So he's brought up, he's finally groomed to lead Asgard, uh, and then he just gives up on it. I'm not a big fan of that. I don't like I understand uh, that. Smart Hulk. What? Uh, as you can tell, I'm getting winded just thinking about it. But <laughs> uh, I feel like this is a funny way to go. The last movie, there's Bruce Banner. and was like, when's the Hulk going to appear? And in this movie, they're like, we'll just give you the Hulk acting like Bruce Banner, but doing nothing that the Hulk does that's important. So uh, that, was, that, was, that was a juke to me. You know, he, he's supposed to be special because he can use the gauntlet. But then Tony does. Even though how a human can possess all the stones is beyond me. So what that's just like nitpicking, but whatever. Yeah, but it killed him. Yeah. He uh, died. <laughs> about when the Hulk confronts the ancient one and she doesn't want to get the time stone and she's like, It keeps all the evil forces in its face, but then they destroy the time stone. So hopefully the next Doctor Strange is just all these evil forces coming. <laughs> sure. That cool. <laughs> that's fair. And my last nitpick, of course, was with Captain Marvel. I uh, I really don't like the character now. I feel like they could have introduced her in the next phase when it goes cosmic. I think it would have been a lot better. Like the end battle with Thanos' ship firing down at them. I don't point out that she had Dr. Marvel who just flies in the ship like a copy. It would have been a better play if it was not a Ravager. It was a Nova Corps that's left. All the characters have established. Maybe it would have danced like meant a little more. But he's just, you know, a deus ex machina just negates everything so uh that's it uh you guys hope you have a good one okay i don't totally disagree with his take on captain marvel i think had they waited and introduced her in the next phase they definitely could have done something bigger with her than they did in endgame because she did seem like we introduced her she's a great character you get her in the beginning get her in the end that's it yeah i mean endgame endgame is really about finishing the stories of the original Avengers. Yes. So while I understand why somebody who was really hoping for more Spider-Man or whatever right. would be disappointed. You're going to get plenty like, more Spider-Man. This movie is not about Spider-Man. You're gonna get it's plenty not about more. Black Panther. It's right. not about Captain Marvel. It's about Black Widow, Hawkeye, Captain America, Thor, Hulk, but it does, it just, Iron Man. And I also understand we are trying to establish these characters for the next phase as well sure you know it just her usage was a little strange i mean and yes i mean if you want to make an argument that it's kind of weak storytelling that the most powerful character in the marvel universe conveniently disappears for 90 percent of the plot right i hear you i get it i didn't care i loved it i didn't care i still liked her and i thought it was effective and i liked it when she did show up and then like oh here we go she's gonna fucking say no Bam! She gets yeah. punched across the world, basically. Right? Yeah, like uh, Captain Marvel. Yes, she destroyed the warship. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. And that's the moment, right? It's like, oh shit, Thanos is in trouble now. And Captain Marvel's here. She took down that warship single-handedly. Yeah. No problem. And he beats her ass. Yeah. Now, okay, Fat Thor. 
I don't have a problem with it because I would buy that a guy as egotistical and ridiculous as Thor, after getting his ass kicked not once but twice by Thanos, finds his ego shattered. I, I, it wasn't about his ego. It was about his loss. Well, not just... Um, I think it was about his ego as no, well. No, it wasn't about his ego. Because that's his whole shtick. I'm the best. I'm the, I'm the strongest. No, I'm like, the smartest. Strongest Avenger. Thor's, you know? Thor's character arc uh, in Infinity War and Endgame, uh, from Ragnarok, I would say, uh, Infinity War... Oh, actually... Thor 2, because Thor 2, the dark, uh, the dark World, is surprisingly relevant to the plot yeah. of Avengers Endgame. I had to watch it again. So charting from charting hey. Thor's development from the Dark World through Infinity War, through Ragnarok, Infinity War, and Endgame, Thor has lost everything. Yeah. He lost his home. He lost his mom. He lost his dad. Right. He lost his hammer. He, he lost his brother. He lost two big fights. Yeah, he get yes. So I don't think it's ego at all. I think it's like Thor has gone through a trauma, and yeah. this is about his loss and his grief. What I didn't like is how it was kind of played for laughs, uh, and I agree with a criticism of that. Like Thor is suffering, and the joke is like, look, he's fat. He's wearing sweatpants. But it is funny because like to happen to a guy like that who thinks he's the sexiest thing in the world. Yeah, there is some comedy there, and sure he's suffering. But mainly he's suffering because he believes that none of that should have happened because of him. It is his ego. He's the king of ego. That's his biggest fault. And his dad, in the first movie, his dad is saying that. You think you're such hot shit. You got to get humble. And you got to understand. And Odin's constantly trying but to humble he did. Thor. He, that, he, and Loki, he moved past that because that's why he was able to get the hammer. Yes and no. And then he lost the hammer and stuff. Like no, he didn't, he well, didn't, he didn't lose, lose the, the hammer, ability. to. No. He, the hammer was destroyed. No, but he thought maybe he did. Because he was so whooped up. Just like Loki, he cannot help but be evil. That is who he is. I think you're reading that, that is wrong. His flaw. I think you're reading that situation wrong. No I don't way. think that he was I don't think that it's ego. I think he was he felt guilty. I mean, because sure, he blamed himself for not being able to stop Thanos, for not being able to stop Hela. Which goes back to an ego thing. Why would one man be able to stop Thanos? That's ridiculous. But in Thor's head, that's how he thinks. I am I'm the god of thunder. I have to do this. I should be able to do this. And when it doesn't work, his whole world comes apart. Nah. Yes. I don't think it's ego. I just proved you wrong. No. You didn't. Last call. Jason Sachs. Hey, it's the Thanos loving Jason Sachs. Sorry, I can't <laughs> join you this week. Ironically, in a week when I should have all the time in the world because we are running the Inspiring Hope 5K for breast cancer research wow. here in all beautiful right. Muckleteo, Washington. I love my answer to the question of the week. You know, I'm a big Alan Moore fanboy, and when it comes to unfinished series, Moore's had his share of them. But I think the one that jumps out at me the most is his classic book from 1990. Big Numbers. If you're not familiar with Big Numbers, it was published as a 10-inch by 10-inch book, kind of two inches smaller than a vinyl record. Moore self-published it. The first two issues were drawn by Bill Sienkiewicz. Big Numbers explored the way that the creation of a California-style shopping mall affected the lives of 40 diverse people in a thinly-veiled version of Moore's British hometown of Northampton. The mall was both a literal reality, pushing aside nursing homes and childcare centers, and also a figurative sign of the complex future that the town was facing. The visionary comic integrated varied topics like speed metal, British economic policies, LSD poetry, computers, fractal numbers. It's just this wild, odd, brilliant book. Sinkavich left after issue two. And there was an abortive issue three drawn by Al Columbia, of which copies of pages appeared on the internet not too long ago. And it's brilliant and it's beautiful and we'll never see it. And I actually still 
dream about this comic sometimes. Alan wow. Moore's big numbers. I don't love Thanos. Bye. <laughs> Al Columbia. It sounds like the name you say to like the one nine hundred sex operator. <laughs> yes, because you're um, Al Columbia. I'm Al Columbia. You know. <laughs> the laptop. Died. Big big numbers was great. Never read it. It was so good. It was Alan Moore's at his Alan Moriest. Oh. Um, shout out to Muckle Teo. I played a show in Michael Teo, Washington, years and years and years ago with an out-punk band called the Michael Teo Fairies, and they fucking ruled. <laughs> there were four scrawny little gay kids screaming about how hard it is to be gay in America. They right. kicked ass. Right. <laughs> that band rocked. Hey, Jason. <laughs> thanks for calling in. Always. Hope things are going okay. Nobody else needs to know what, why I'm saying that. <laughs> why would you even bring that up then? I want him to know I'm thinking about him. So people are like asking, can't you shoot Don't him a private worry message? about it. Now everyone's going to know about his hemorrhoid surgery. He's got a way to go. He's got a brain tumor in his butt. <laughs> That's not how that works. Oh, no. Do you have an answer? I do. Okay. My answer, comic book that disappeared, Octane. This would have been, God, I want to say, nine. okay, 97 was the original. I just found it. Publication date. It was Gerard Jones and Gene Ha. Oh, you know what? Gerard Jones is a... He's a bad person. <laughs> yeah, Gerard Jones did some gnarly shit. This was a great comic. It was so cool. It was like post-apocalyptic America. Everybody was just dumb as fuck, racist. Everybody hated everybody. And Octane was like this living car golem type thing. Like oil pumped through his veins. He was like 10 feet tall. He was like Incredible Hulk. And he hated everybody. <laughs> like couldn't stand everybody's shit. And like got in the middle of all their dumb arguments and basically shot everybody down and showed, like, the only way to truly be open-minded is to hate everyone equally. <laughs> it was a great book. And for the most part, no, I like, Gerard Jones is a terrible person. I love Gene Ha. And Gene Ha's art on this was stunning. It was the first time I encountered Gene Ha. You're here first. Matt Bomb misses the work by a child pornographer. <laughs> it's, I mean, the work. I don't miss. Uh, to be fair, he's not a pornographer. He just had the pornography. Yeah, he just had it. He yeah. was a child pornography acquirer. A aficionado. <laughs> aficionado, yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, my answer is actually uh, two books. But uh, speaking of Gene Ha, by the way, uh, in 2006, DC tried to launch a reboot of the Wildstorm universe. And they relaunched The Authority mm -hmm. and Wildcats. Yes. Written by Grant Morrison. Mm -hmm. Gene Ha drew uh, Authority and Jim Lee drew Wildcats. Uh, I think we got two issues of The Authority, maybe? Maybe. We only got one issue of Wildcats. Yeah. And those books just stopped. And then it probably became Wildcats 2.0 after that, right? No, no, no. Was this that, was after, this was was after, after that? all of that. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was after the Joe Casey one. Yeah. Yep. It was, yeah. And it was supposed to build on the themes f uh, from the Joe Casey Wildcats. But um, yeah, they just stopped. They yeah. just quit. Because they, well, and it was a huge high profile thing. Yeah. But then they immediately changed course and went, screw Wildstorm. We're going into like this next wave of DC and we're going to Take their heroes and crush them into the DC. But universe. that was not for five years. Nope. 2011 I mean, was the new 52. This was five years before that. Maybe they'd been planning it. I don't know. But Wildstorm was definitely on the outs, and I bet those books didn't sell. Oh, no. We worked at Krypton still at the time, and I remember like we ordered huge numbers of those books. Yeah. And I mean, Grant Morrison people was were a really into them. Gigantic name at the time. So. And they just inexplicably just stopped coming out altogether. Well, what can you do? Yeah. 
I wish they had completed. This is a saddest story. Okay, can we be done? Yeah, but we need a new question of the week okay, first. I got one. Here we go. All right, here we go. New question of the week, kids. The Pay new, attention. The new question of the week comes from Brian Domingos via the THN forums. Nerds, let's talk culture. What is your favorite foreign comic or series that has been reprinted for the American slash English market? Easy. Easy Super for easy. me, too. I bet ours are similar, too. I, they might even be the same. All right. If you want to do this, you can call us next week. And uh, our the THN Ziggurats AI Macho is going to tell you how to do all that. Thank you to everybody that called in today and played along. Thank you for your voicemails. Thank you for chatting with us. Dead Rabbit is my answer to the question of the week, says Adam Wednesday. Cut down after two issues. Oh, Dead Rabbit. That's right. I love that book. Stupid reason. What was the stupid reason it was cut down? I don't know if we ever heard a reason. Hmm. John McCrae did the art. It was great. Um, somebody, the laptop died. Somebody else had an, uh, an idea. Jared Fletcher, maybe, or Thomas Branch. And Ethan Harrison says Spokane is way wider than Portland. I totally agree. Uh, Philip Lee says, I miss Morrison's Seven Soldiers. That was fun. Um, I don't see anybody else. I think you're lying. No, I'm not lying. Yeah, you're a liar. Uh, My answer to the question of the week in 1996, Challengers the Unknown. That's the one. By Stephen Grant, drawn by John Paul Leon. That was awesome. Thomas Branch. Yeah, I don't know why we can't have a Challengers of the Unknown book. I know. Come on. Yeah. How hard can it be? It's hard sell, I think. Why? I don't know. I mean, Jesus. Comic fans are fickle. Seriously. All right, we got to get out of here. We got stuff we got to do. Thank you to everybody that played along. This is your show. We don't have a show without you. And we love you more than your parents, more than Jesus, more than anyone. Keep that in mind. Not, not more than your mama. It's Mother's Day this weekend. Give your mama your a kiss. We love, your, we love you more than your mom. And we'll be there when she up and leaves you like my mom did. His mom did not leave. She him. was supposed to She's be. She's a, a sweet woman. She was supposed to be watching the show today. This is THN signing off! <laughs>